hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. But, um, you know, one of the things that I love about us as a church is that we are so connected to something way bigger than just ourselves. I love the fact that we are here in a significant city in New Zealand. Dunedin City is a significant city. We might not be the largest city, but we are a significant city. And out of the life of the church, God's done many, many things. But one of the greatest things that I love about us as a group of churches is that we're not just by ourselves. In fact, we are a global family. And uh, I love connecting with our senior pastor, Pastor Sam Monk, uh, who leads the Auckland campus, who, who is our senior pastor across all of Equippers. And so as we go into Vision Sunday this morning, uh, he's just got some words to say to us. And so we're just going to go to the screen and check out Pastor Sam. Cool? churches around the world. 2020 is going to be a huge year. In fact, we're believing it's going to be a year where we are full and overflowing. I like what Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. He said, I pray that you be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what we're praying this year, that we wouldn't just have a little bit of God, but we'd be filled with all the fullness of God, that our churches would be full, our lives would be full, that would spill out and would have an impact on our towns, our cities, and our nations. You know, God has done so much. To think that we've got 21 locations here in New Zealand and another 19 around the world is just mind-blowing. But I believe it's just the beginning of what God wants to do. In fact, in the next five years, we're going to believe that we could reach over 100,000 people. It's an audacious goal. But many years ago when we started out, to believe for what we have today was audacious. It was crazy. But I believe God's saying, go again. Keep prophesying. Keep declaring. And let's believe together that we're going to see God fill every empty space to a place where we're full and overflowing. Our name is Equippers Church, and I love that name because we're here to equip people to win their world. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus encountered four fishermen. The first two, Peter and Andrew, He found them while they were casting their nets. I believe the challenge of the church is to keep casting its net far and wide. It's interesting that Peter was the first one to cast the net on the day of Pentecost and where they saw 3,000 people saved all in one day. I wonder how far and why we could cast our net this year. The other two fishermen that Jesus encountered were James and John, two brothers, and they were mending their nets. Now, James and John in the early church had a role in mending the net of the church. And that word mend is the same word that's used for equip in Ephesians chapter 4. And to mend means to complete, to perfect. We know we haven't perfected this. We've got a long way to go. And even though we've come a distance, I believe the challenge is to keep stretching for more, believing for more, casting our net, but actually perfecting what we're doing so that we can disciple more people to impact their world. This year, we're asking people to to really go after the one, reach out for the one, believing that, that God has highlighted people for salvation. In 2020, we want to see people living as one. We want to grow in our unity, recognizing wherever there's unity, God commands a blessing. And we want the blessing of God on every gathering, every endeavor, every new initiative. 
recognizing when we're united, we can actually do more in many new locations. You know, we've got stretching out and believing God's work in many other cities, but that's gonna require the resources of other locations. Uh, it's important what God's doing where we are, but I want us to lift our eyes and see that God wants to do a whole lot more and how we can be used in other spaces in other cities. So the challenge is to live as one, to grow in our unity, but also to gather as one. There's some gathering points that I want you to prioritize this year. We've got Equip Her, we've got Shout. Shout is when the global family of Equippers comes together. If you haven't been to Shout, you need to get there because God does something unique and special in that environment that He can't do in other environments. And while God is moving in different cities and towns, when we come together, we really capture what God wants to release in the next season. Uh, gathering together on a Sunday is so important. We need to gather in many different forums and e-groups. That's really important. And gathering together is something that testifies that God's at work in our lives. The other thing that we wanna do is, is we wanna lift up one. Uh, in our gatherings, it's all about Jesus. And we wanna lift up the name of Jesus, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up as a banner over our cities. Because when we do that, when we lift up Jesus, He gathers all people to Himself. You know, I believe you know, this year is God's got big things, but I know that it's gonna happen. The big things are gonna happen when we take responsibility in the small. And if each one of us, you know, determine in our heart, this year we're gonna go after the one. This year we're gonna live as one. This year we're gonna gather as one. This year we're gonna be lifting up the one, the one whose name is worthy of all the praise and the honor. I know we're gonna live lives that are full and overflown. We're gonna have testimonies of His goodness. God has been so faithful. God has been so good to us as a church. But the best is yet to come. And as we are full and overflowing, we're gonna see Jesus do what He promised to do in His Word, where the earth will be filled with the fullness of the knowledge of God. Hey, in 2020, let's determine in our hearts to be full of God, to live with the fullness of God that we might overflow and have an impact in the world around us. God bless you. Good, isn't it? Is our vision across many um, across the world, across the world? I, I, I just just think about that right now. You, uh, it always amazes me. I was a one. I know you were a one. <laughs> someone reached out and someone somewhere told you about Jesus. And uh, if you're here this morning and this is your first time in church, I want to tell you about someone who loves you so much doesn't matter what you've done in your life. He loves you so much. And that, that when we give ourselves, when we lay down our own lives and we give ourselves to Jesus and accept that He died and He rose again by faith and that we give Him our life, we give Him our heart, He will come into our life and save us from our sin. Amen. Who's, 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 who's glad that that has happened in their life this morning? Can we give Jesus just some praise for that? One of the things that I'm passionate about and purposeful about is stirring up, just stirring up just my thankfulness for who Jesus is. Uh, you know, uh, the, 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 we live in a world uh, that, that is really good at trying to push people down and disencourage. Dis, uh, dis, dis oh, if you're new here, I, I am, I'm an advisor to the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> I, I create words and send them to them uh, just to help them out because it's, it's a small book. Um, no, sorry. Um, no, there's, uh, there's enough uh, discouragement. That's, Oxford just told me what, it was, what the word was. Um, in the world that I am so, so purposeful and passionate about it and you know, and you've got to guard yourself because uh, if, you're, if you want to encourage people, the, the devil loves to try and discourage you. 
And so that's why it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it's to stir up the gifts, it's to fan into flame the gifts that, that the Lord has placed in our lives. Uh, amen. And so sometimes we just got to learn how to, how, to, how to stir ourselves up how to be passionate about who, who God is in our own world. Amen. And so, um, you know, I was really encouraged and really inspired by a, a pastor called Matt Fielder who, who came to Stronger last year, which is our men's conference in, in September. But he just purposely challenges himself to stir himself up. And he's a fun guy to be around. Who, uh, who wants to be a fun person to be around? Uh, if you want to be a fun person to be around, you've got to stir yourself up. You want you, you know, just t- touch your neighbor right now and say, stir yourself up. Come on, stir yourself up. Adam Mosgill, stir yourselves up. Amen. Well, I just, I just need to get something off my chest then. That's all right. Hey, welcome to Vision Sunday. And I, I love connecting. I love Pastor Sam speaking and declaring uh, like our corporate global vision. I love it how we said there's 21 locations in New Zealand and 19 around the world. That's great. If you like traveling around the world, that's free accommodation. We can get you free accommodation in Rome. Anyone excited about that? Once you find out the price of a hotel, you get more excited about free accommodation. Uh, we can find you free accommodation in the Vavillas in Brazil. Okay, Pastor Giselle, you're going to have to work with that one with us. But uh, no, come on, we've got places around the world that God is moving and God is moving. And, and here's the thing, it's happened because of, of people like yourself. Rome right now, the Francesco, they're starting their third campus in a place the police don't even want to go into. Uh, you know, it's, it's very well organized. The gangs are, are structured. You step over a line, you will know about it. But there's something on his heart to go into that region and declare the love of Jesus. Amen. And just, just around the world is awesome. And, you know, I really do stand and with Pastor Sam, and, and come on, we've just got to reach the one. Reach the one. In our world this year, who's the one? What, are, what, are, what about even this month? Who's the one? What about this week? Who's the one? What about today? Who's the one? Come on, right now, I know, I know those young adults are, are hanging out at Woodhall Gardens. And why don't you just text someone who's not here? Say, hey, come and hang out. Free food. Yeah? Uh, plus free relationship, free love, free grace, free forgiveness, free opinion. Because we know everyone has an opinion. But what about reaching the one? What about, and I love the living as one, being together in unity and, and together as one. I love gathering as one. Love it. Is this, in, in a moment, you're going to hear just a little bit of my heart around, around what we see as a church. You know, Shark Conference is an amazing conference, and it's up in Auckland, and it's at the, Vic, the Spark Arena, and we're really believing that we're going to see 10,000 people there, just 10,000 people unified together as one, lifting up the one, lifting up the name of Jesus. There's nothing like it. I know there's different conferences around, but this is our family reunion. Don't miss what we do as a family and like, well, well, it's expensive, it gets there. Hey, here's the thing, just right now, you buy your air flights this week, I'll pay the registration for however many flights that you bought. If you pay for your whole family, we'll pay for all the registrations of your family just to try and help you out. I know, I know there's a sacrifice when it comes to finances and getting our spaces into those spaces, but if you want to get there, we're determined to help you get there. Why? Because it's, I, I, know, I know what it will mean. I know what it will do. You'll not, just, you'll not just attend a conference, but you'll catch something about what God is doing around the world. Amen. And so, you know, I know there's heaps of conferences out there and even some more local ones and easier to get to. But this is us as a family. This is us as a family. And so I want to encourage you. Equip her Ladies, mate, I, I, I love Stronger. I love Stronger. It's a weekend away with the boys. 
And, and man, this, the, 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 this punch in the arm and the encouragement and the prayer and the, and the belief and the, it's just, oh, I love it. It's great. And, and we, we can do whatever we want within reason, right? And, and it's in the Bible, right? But no, you know what I mean. We're, we're, it's, it's awesome. I love the fact that I can go to Stronger and Ivan's there. And uh, he's like, hey, you know, singing away in his deep voice. And, and, I, and in fact, he did a phenomenal offering message at Stronger last year. Just, just you know, willing to go. And, and in fact, he opened up, he broke open an atmosphere of generosity just because of he was there and the, and the wisdom and the words that he had to say. If you don't know Ivan, he's, he's the good-looking guy down the back shaking his head, a little bit grayish on the back. So now you can see him smiling. But it was, it was just awesome. Stuff gets opened up, and so we gather together, you know, and again, ladies, get to equip her. Hey, if you buy your flights this week, we'll pay the rego. Like some, that's just got handy for some of those ladies, eh? I thought I'd be safe because most of the time ladies are organized and they would have prepaid it by now. But hey, we extend, we extend. Um, but we're, this year, we've got, to, we've got to believe for God to do even greater. I don't know about you, but I'm coming into Vision Sunday. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm wound, I'm wound up. Uh, and it's not on coffee. I have had two this morning, but that's normal. Okay, so I'm this normal, this normal. But I'm, I'm wound up in, in my expectation for, for what God can do and wants to do in and through us as a church, in and through us as, as a church in our, our region, in, in, our, in the South Island, our nation, and around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm just believing for God to do amazing things. See, a clear vision. Uh, you know, if, if those, um, I'm starting to go to the optometrist because my eyesight's getting a little bit blurry every now and then. And they tell us, tell me that 2020 is, is what is described as perfect vision. And we've heard this a little bit about this is the year of 2020. Uh, you know, is, there, is, this, is this a perfect vision? Uh, I don't know if this is the perfect vision, but it is our vision. And when we see through the same lens, uh, we see the same thing. Yeah? Go with me. And so I'm believing that there's going to be significant breakthrough, significant favor, significant blessing. Come on, this year is like, okay, Lord, if this is 2020 vision, what is it that we can believe for? If you're, if you're a student here, again, not to pick on you guys, or but just to, just to say, hey, yeah, you've... You've decided to come to Otago to study. Now believe that you're graced and favored to, to do the best that you can, to have the best living conditions that you can, to, to know uh, what it is to be also planted in a local church and serving God and, and doing all the study that you need to do and the recreational you know, stuff that you do, hanging out, connecting with people. Con, this is a year, I don't know what, where, where you are as a family. Con, this is a year that you could restore relationships. Or this is a year that we can believe for God to move in a circumstance or a situation, right? Come on, th- th- what, I don't know what your vision is, but l- let there be a big vision. You know, the, the Lord says to Abraham, as far as you can see, I love it where I live. I live out on the peninsula, and 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 uh, I know I said that slightly wrong, but you drive up Highcliffe Road, and I can see out the harbour, and it's beautiful, and it's nice, and like. But to get to our house, you've got to go right over the top, and then then I can see out over the Pacific Ocean, Pacific Pacific Ocean, and I can't. I, I can just see as far as I can see. And, and I just love it, especially on a calm day, because you can, you can almost pick out the horizon and the water. And it's just, it's, I, it's amazing. And, and that just challenges me. The God, Lord says to me, come on, what can you see? What can you believe for? See, often we get locked into the now. We get locked into the, the what's happening today. This is my need now. 
But what could we believe? What could we see in the distance? But when it comes to vision, it's, um, to, to be quite honest, when it comes to vision, when you're leading a church, there's a huge responsibility. And and um uh, and and we are we, me and my wife are up for it. <laughs> we 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 didn't know about this. God didn't tell us about this when pre-pastoring. <laughs> uh, but uh, when it comes to vision and the responsibility, you know, Hebrews thirteen says that we are responsible for the people that are in the life of the church. You're like, okay, no pressure. Uh, but when it comes to the vision and what 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 God has for us as a church. We take it. We take it seriously. We don't think, oh well, this year let's just do this, and this year let's do this. And now there's there's something that God's laying on our heart to go. Come on, step by step, just grow one 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 thing at a time. We can see out there, but here's the need now as well. And so as we've prayed and as we've as we as we seek God, you will find Him. I want to tell you that this morning, you will find Him. But here's the thing, when, I, when it comes to vision for me, is, is really what do I hear? The first thing I look for when I'm, I'm asking God, what, what, what do you want as a church? What do you want for the church? And, and, and so it comes back to what do I hear? And, and really, well, what do I hear is what do I hear when I'm reading my Bible? What do I hear? If, you, if you're looking for vision for yourself and, and how, to, how to link your vision with the church's vision, I want to say to you, what do you hear when you're reading the Bible? What do you hear? And so uh, when I'm reading the Bible, I, I look at what do I hear? And it, is, is, it, is there a leaping? Does something jump off the page at me and go, this is, this is for now? And, and so there. And then, then the next thing I look at is what do I believe? Or what can I, be, or what can I believe that in my heart? So I hear something from God and then I'm like, okay, can I believe that in my heart? Where's my faith around that? It's not just, okay, well, that's what I've heard. Well, <laughs> good, no. It's like, can I believe that in my heart? And so I'm getting it from just a, a revelation and God's spoken to me about something. But I, I really, when I get it into my heart, my faith is aligned with my obedience. Because we want to obey the Word of God that God speaks to us, right? When we hear or when He speaks to us through, a, through the Word of God or, or maybe through prayer. But then, then there's like, a, I've got I've to get that Word in my heart and my, my faith, my, my obedience has got to catch up with my faith. And so we've got to step out. And so that's what, when I hear and then what do I believe? But then, as, then I go back to then what do I see? See, we've heard some stuff from God as a church. And my heart is aligned. And, and I'm like, okay, God, we're going to do this. We're going to obey. And out of that obedience, there's been times where you're like, oh, man, this is tough. But the obedience uh, is better than sacrifice, right? And so we obey. But then now I was like, okay, God, what can I, what can I believe? What can I see? And so, so this morning is about what I see. It's about taking the revelation of God that I feel like He's spoken to me with. And as I've aligned my heart with it and my obedience with it. And getting to a place where, okay, Lord, what can I see? And so I pray this morning that there'll be something that stirs in your hearts that can go, you know what, I want to see through the same Lens. I want to see through the same vision, uh, because when we when we're seeing through different visions, well, they, they, we have division, right? Two visions, and they, 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 that's not a good thing. Uh, I love to say in the life of the church here, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing, and 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 if you can do anything in this, anything you want. If you, want, I love e groups. What do you want to do as an e-group? Well, we want to meet at, at McDonald's on a Wednesday morning at 4 a.m. to pray. The old just got quieter. Um, but we want to gather together, and we're gonna we're gonna play the videos. We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna, hey, man, go for it. You don't have to do it in a home. 
You can do it in a cafe. You can go sit in the park, whatever. But why do we get together? We do it like this because this is what we want you to have some word. We want you to have some prayer. We want you to encourage one another because that's who we are. Uh, you know, if you've got an e-group, we don't want you to do a cooking class. Well, for some of the young men, young adult class, that could be quite a good thing, right? <laughs> Learning how to cook. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> Thank you, darling. All right. If you, you didn't hear that in Mosgiel, but my wife was encouraging me. Um, but we've got to believe. See, if we were to rewind just only, only 12 years, 12 years is when we came back from London. Desiree and I came back from London. And uh, we started, the, well, we took on the church in Masterton, just north of Wellington. And uh, it, was a, it was a church of 65 people, including children. And, and it had sort of lost a vision, didn't have a heart. When we went and visited it there, you know, church finished at uh, 11.30. And at 11.33, we could lock the doors and leave because everyone left. And it was something that leapt in my heart. I was like, man, there's no heart in this church. Why? Everyone's just in, done their little, their whatever, and then left. I'm like, where's, where's the talking? Where's the connecting? Where's the, where's the cheese and crackers? <laughs> right. Where's the coffee? What's going on? But, and, and so when we went to Marston, that's where, that's where we first started our, 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 the, the, our full-time ministry. We've been serving in the church in London way before that. But we went to Masterton and we just started and, and um, you know, Equipers is what we knew because uh, that's where we were trained. And I was like, well, Pastor Sam, Bruce, we want to be Equipers as well. And we're like, okay, cool. That, you know, it was good. And we reproduced the vision and the heart of the life of the church. And, and, I, and, and I remember we went to a meeting. Desiree and I went to a meeting in Napier and it was all the Equipers Church location pastors. It was great. We we had um, we had Sam and Kathy there. We had Colin and Pippa there from who were pastoring Wellington. Uh, we had uh, I think Lyle and Debbie were there, and we had me and Desiree. That was it. That was all the equipers locations. Very very quickly, Wanganui came on board, and uh, and we started to grow from there. I remember that meeting. There was like twelve of us in a room. Now is a fight to get a seat in a in a hundred seater auditorium because because God's just blowing it up over twelve years and not just nationally but around the world. I mean, that, talk about this is a, a, just a picture of the of the of our needs now. We knew what our needs now were then, but we could see so much more. And 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 now you know we heard Pastor Sam talk about twenty one locations. Around New Zealand, the 21st being Mosgiel, by the way. Amen. Come on, give Mosgiel a shout right now. And 19 around the world. Kolkata last week just just launched, you know, off the back of a of of a great foundation uh, as a church over there. But I mean, what can we believe for? See, that's our global. That's our that's seeing the now, but seeing the distance as well. You know, again, what can we believe for? You know, a, a passage that the Lord spoke to me very clearly about three years ago now is Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 through 3. And if that'll come up on the board, that'll be awesome. Are we doing all right? Okay. It says this. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare anything. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Fill for you, you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And I, I reading this about three years ago, it really leapt in my spirit. I was like, okay, God, what does this mean? What do you want to do? Enlarge the place. And we've, we've, been, we've been pushing doors. 
We're going, is this, is this what you want to do, God? Is this what you want to do? Is this what you want to do? And we've just been obedient to the doors that open. And so we've, over, the, over the last three years, we've been enlarging and we've been, we've been praying and believing. But here's the thing. We've also had to enlarge ourselves. Yeah? We, we've had to enlarge ourselves. If, if we are truly to believe that we could see 100,000 people in the next five years, all of us have to enlarge in our own capacity, in our own, in, uh, not large in our insecurities, but enlarge in our security. Because yeah. well, suddenly there's more people here. Hold on, what about me? Are you, that's my seat. What are you doing sitting in my seat? No one, no one's like that. You know, like these chairs don't have memory phone in them. <laughs> but you know when you're sitting in someone else's seat, right? <laughs> Where was I? Enlarge, enlarge the place of your heart and your heart. Uh, we've got to enlarge ourselves. Uh, there's the areas that we're going to have to stretch out in. Man, take it on Mosgill. We love it. It's awesome. But that stretched us. It stretched us to the point we don't have no one operating lights this morning. The Holy Spirit was. And I set them earlier and he thought they were okay, so he left them alone. All right? That's where we're at. Just sometimes operationally. We might not have people doing bits and pieces or in, the, in the life of the church, but hey, we're going to stretch out. We're going to stretch out and just believe. Uh, that God's going to do anything. No, do not spare, it says, actually, any expense. You know, when we, we, we've, we've just said, Lord, we're not going to let finances hold us back. And we've been able to get Mosgiel up and going, and it's been awesome. And lengthen our cords. Come on, we've got to believe that our reach is going to go further. Um, you know, you shall expand to the right and to the left, and descendants will inherit the nations. You know, I just read that again. I was like, man, that's... I really felt that's just an image of what Matt and Abby have been. I know many, many people have gone before and been sent out. But, you know, from, from under our watch, we've seen Matt and Abby go and, and, and now be senior pastors of another local church. And we're excited about that. that it's still, and, the, and it's growing and growing and growing. It's going awesome. And make desolate cities inhabited again. You know, just again, we're just being, not saying Mosgiel's been desolate, but it was just something that we needed, that, that God brought along our path. And we're like, come on, we believe that. Yeah. You know, and we're believing. First goal, we're believing over 100, yeah. average, every Sunday. Yeah. Come on, as a church, can we pray? And believe for that. What? That's not just a hundred people transferred from other churches. No, it's new Christians. It's backslidden Christians coming back to God, finding a home, finding a place to live, finding a place to be loved by, and believing that they can they can know and outwork their lives in community in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I was I was reading. Um, I've just started this. It's a, it's a really cool plan, actually, uh, in, in Numbers um, on, on the Version Bible app. And if, if you're looking for a 21-day plan, look up Numbers. It's, it's really insightful. But I was reading it and doing this devotion, and in Numbers chapter 2, it, it just talks about the setup of the Israelite camp. And it talks about how there was a, a tabern the tabernacle was in the middle. And then uh, the tabernacle, if you're unsure, was the, was the, the tent that was uh, transported from place to place as God led the children of Israel around the wilderness. And it was the place where God would come down and his presence would dwell in the tabernacle, which is the tent. And so you'd have this, the setup was they set up this tent. And then actually around the tent was all the Levites. All the Levites were the priests, were the people that tended to, to, the, to, the, to the tabernacle. They set it up, pulled it down. They did the offerings, the sacrifices, the grain offerings, all that stuff to help keep the children of Israel uh, clean through the rituals and all that sort of stuff. And um, then, then what they had was they had the different tribes would, would uh, they had a certain area that they had to set up in. And I'm not sure if that photo can come up. That'll be helpful. Um, it was, I break the golden rule all the time. The production team tell me, don't just find a picture on the internet and flick it to us. Because it may never happen. But it's all right. I'll help the production team out. 
All right. Moz girl, you can zoom into that. Maybe not. Um, but anyway, I don't know if you can see that. You've got 20-20 vision. Oh, look at that. All right. Good. So you just, 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 just a picture here, and obviously that's the cloud of glory and lightning and all that. Well, creative artist image. But in the middle is the tabernacle, the tent where the presence of God is. And then surrounding that is the Levites where they would all set up and they would live. And, that, and so they would surround it. And so no one else could get near it. And then, and then what would do is the 12 tribes would be set out and like this. This is how they would structure their land and this is how they would set up. And uh, sorry if this is in the way, but um, it, it, I love it because obviously it's a prophetic image of, of a cross. Uh, but, but let's link that right now to just the prophetic word that we've got because it talks about that, that. And I was thinking about this and I was like, Lord, what, what do we need to do? Because if I'm honest with you, uh, we've, we, we've learned how to grow a church to 400. I've never grown a church to 800. Right? We need God. We, whatever you're doing, you always need God. Hear me on this. And I'm like, Lord, what do we need to do? I'm asking questions. Well, Lord, give us vision. What do we need to do? Well, we've given you a vision. Okay, cool. And, and, and as I was reading this, and, and the Lord said, you know, enlarge the place of your territory. Enlarge, stretch out your tent. You know, some, sometimes, this is what I want to get out of this, is this, is that as a church, we, we surround ourselves around the presence of God and the, and the love of God and the faith of God. And that is good. And, the, and we become the, like the priests. We're organizing and we're doing stuff and all that sort of stuff. But what would happen if we as, as priests, we as saints would go, you know what, I'm going to enlarge the place of my theory. I'm going to let more people get closer to God. I'm going to stretch out, and so I'm going to stretch out further out here. I'm going to stretch out further out here, and we're going to be secure enough, secure enough in ourselves to include more people, to believe for more people to come and be part of what God is doing, to say, you know what, I want you to get into the presence of God because there's a prophetic gift on your life, and that's going to speak and encourage the people in the life of the church. I want you to get into the presence of God because there's a gift of of healing on your life and and we need you to come and minister and build faith and expectation into the lives of the people I want you to get into the presence of God because there's a real grace gift of encouragement on your life and man does this world needs encouraging we, we got to be up I just feel in my heart and my spirit we've got to enlarge and let people in and in fact pastor Peter I uh, uh, Prothero, I, I had breakfast with him this, this week. And he just said something to me. He goes, Will, if you go away and you give someone a responsibility and they do it to 60% of how you would have done it, don't take it back. Get them to do it again and help them figure out how to do it a little bit better each time and a little bit better each time, and a little bit better each time. See, uh, one of the visions that I have for us as a church is we would open up our arms and we would just receive people. We'd just receive, give people a, a, a chance, give people a go. Give, like we've got to enlarge the place of our territory. territory. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, I can't... Uh, <laughs> This is not a secret, but what God is doing behind the scenes right now around the south of the South Island is just freaking me out. It's a good freak out. But the relationships, the connection that God's just pulling in from Timaru, Omaru, Alexandra, Cromwell, Wanaka, uh, Balclutha, Gore, it's just like we're starting to get these connections. We're like, oh my gosh, Imbicago, uh, what, what are you doing, God? What are you stirring? And we've got to be secure to enlarge the place of our territory. Amen. Amen. What's the time? Oh, good. Well, um, tonight uh, is at 5 p.m. It's good. Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. Um, and tonight, what we're going to do 
is it is Vision Sunday, and I'm going to share a bit of this again. But we're going to go to Numbers chapter 11 right now. And this is what we want to do tonight. And so I encourage you all to be here. Numbers chapter 11 says this, Then Moses, so again, this is, here are all the children of Israel. Moses is doing what God's telling him to do. He's getting, he, get a, he got a little bit frustrated and in, in the early, early in this passage. If you want to read it, go, go back and read it. But um, and, and the Lord's response is this. He said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. So bring them to the tent. This is leaders from, from reaching out. Just reaching out, right? Just go, reach, go and find some people. Reach out. Bring them into the church. Bring them into the tabernacle. And he says this, I will come down and talk to you there and I will take some of the same spirit that is upon you and I'll put the spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you so you will not have to carry it alone. I reckon some of the times... Some, some of the reasons why we don't reach out sometimes is because we feel like it's our responsibility. Uh, it's our responsibility to disciple them. It's our responsibility to, to make sure they do it at 100%. It's got to be right because it's going to reflect on who I am as a person and all this sort of stuff. No. We just got to bring people in and, and see what the Spirit of God does in their life. We see what leaps, what could be unlocked and leap in their heart and in their spirit. And so tonight, we're actually going to pray for every single person that is going to be here tonight. We're going to pray for you. We've got our whole pastoral team. There's 10 of us that I'll introduce later. But we're just going to pray for you. Say, hey, we commission you. Come on, carry the heart of the church. It's not something weird. It's just we're believing. Come on, this year, when we reach out, we're going to carry the heart of the church and we'll go from there. Cool? Awesome. Um, where's Andrew? Is he the keyboardist? He's in his little cupboard. <laughs> Come out in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> All right. Um, I just want Andrew, just in the background at the moment, just playing. You know, um, when it comes to vision, it, it can be really overwhelming, just to be honest. <laughs> um, but when, when you see people break through, when you see a positive step forward, when you see our friend, he's not here, I'm not going to embarrass him, but when you see our friend John who turns up sometimes and he's a little bit upset and grumpy, he's got his green helmet on. When you see him and he's having a bit of a better day and he just sits on the couch and he just chats to you and he, and he says to, to me, you and Jason are my only friends. When you see someone like that come into the life of the church, that's what our vision is around. He's awkward. He's stained the floor of the foyer with coffee a number of times because he just had a bit of a tantrum. And don't get me wrong, we still have people looking out and we're still making sure everyone's safe because we're not, we are wise. But you just have a bit of a chat with them and you get to know them a little bit and you get to hear the hurt. You get to hear the pain. You get to hear the frustration that he's going through. That's, he's part of our vision. When an unruly youth who's got an attitude, who smells, his attitude's probably because he's hangry because mum and dad have spent money on something else. And then they get into church and they jump up and down and then they walk in and out and they go and get water and they bump you while they're sitting down. And they're part of our vision. 
It will upset you. Maybe you need to enlarge the place of your heart. See, as a, as a church, we definitely haven't got it all figured out. I don't think anyone's got it figured out. But we have a vision to reach the world. The world. That's why we've got 19 locations internationally, 21 nationally. A passion and a desire to see 100,000 people saved, connected into the life of the church. Why? Because they can find a place where they're loved, find a place where there's patience, find a, find a place where it's not about ourselves, but it's about worshipping Jesus and bringing people to Jesus. See, I wrote a, a letter to us and I guess sometimes I'm a little emotional and, and I'm, I guess I'm emotional this morning because you're sort of laying your heart out whenever you challenge yourself to write a vision statement or a mission statement. This is what I'm believing for. And, and the, the thing about it, when you get a little, because it becomes, you become vulnerable in that moment. What are you believing for? And, 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 and as a church, this is, for some of you who have been here for a long time, this will be no surprise, but maybe, maybe something's going to leap as I read this out to you today because I want it to leap. I've been praying that it'll leap. I'll be praying there'll be something that, you know, yes, that's us. This is, this is my church. This is what we are doing. This is our spirit. Like when God said to Moses, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come and take some of the spirit that is on you and I'm going to release it on others. And so I just thought, I, you know what? I'm going to write a letter this morning. Well, I typed it out because my handwriting is terrible. But I wrote this letter and this letter is the church said, I see. And some of the scriptures are going to come up and I may read them or they're just going to, you might see them behind me. I'm not sure. I might be in the way. But the church I see that will honor and value the presence of God to fully walk into everything that He has made a way for each person to grab hold of and to walk in the faithful uh, faithfulness of Christ and their personal relationship with Jesus. I see a church that is constantly lifting up and building into each other, encouraging them to go higher in God and for the sake of those who may not know this, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty conscience has been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for my salvation, I pray. And I know that you are as a church. You're thankful for your salvation. But let, let, let's have a, a boldness in our spirit. A boldness that, you know, we, that Jesus has made a way that we can go right into the presence. There's no more priests around the tabernacle anymore. The, 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 the curtain was torn and now the, the Holy Spirit lives in you and lives in me. See, I see a church that would lay down everything they have to follow Jesus. In Luke chapter 14, verse 33, it says, So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. This is, I see a church that just loves Jesus so much, they realize that everything that they have has been given to them from Him. Nothing's ours. It's all His. I see a church that would trust in the Lord with all their heart. Not depending on their own understanding, but to seek His will for their life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. What would it be like if we just trusted God? We just trusted God. I don't know, God, but you're in this. You're going to do it. We're just going to trust you, Lord. 
I see a church that would hold on to hope no matter what may come our way. Again, the tail end of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep His promise. So much I'm saying, come on, never give up. Never give up. A friend last year, one of the people in the life of the church was diagnosed with cancer. I just came up to him and said, never give up. Never give up. Don't you dare give up. You give up, I'll raise you from the dead. I'll slap you, then I'll send you back. (laughs) As a church, you know, we're here to, to tell people, never, ever, ever give up. We hold on to hope. Even if the answer is not the answer that we want, we never give up. We're gonna keep praying. We're gonna keep believing. We're gonna keep holding on to the hope that we have been affirmed through Christ Jesus. Come on, there's something that gets in our spirit. Like, I'm not gonna give up. You might not, we might not have all our, our characters sorted out, but our heart and our spirit is that we're not gonna give up in Jesus' name. I see a church that loves to worship the Lord, to meet together, a church that that God would add to each day. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, 47, church, where they would meet and together in the temple each day, meet in homes for the Lord's Supper and share their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who have been saved. I, you know, right now we have, we have 60% of the life of the church, people who are in the life of the church in e-groups, just 60%. I, I really believe that e-groups are, are a life aligned to, to every person in the life of the church. And in fact, I'm so proud of our, our e-groups. And this morning, a gentleman came in and I hadn't seen him for a little while, but he just came and told me a little bit of his story, how he'd been unwell and had to go into hospital. And, and I didn't even know. And I was like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know. He goes, that's all right. My e-group leaders looked after me. And I'm so proud that our e-group leaders have taken on that that heart and that pastoral heart to take that responsibility and go, hey, no, we've got this. And they prayed for him. They went and met him. They visited him. They looked after him. It's a church that meets together in homes, meets cares for one another. But there's 40% of the life of the church that are not in e-groups. Can I see 100%? I do. Why? Because I believe in it so much. Why? Because we meet together from uh, in the temple courts, but into, in homes as well. We do life together. You know, it might not be, yeah. I, I see a church that can get past personal preference and embrace purpose. A church that can get behind an idea, even if it may not be the best, but but they could make it great because of the power of agreement. You know, Matthew 18, 20 says this, for wherever two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there amongst them. And that word agreement is, is, the, is, the, is the power of God. Because you can have two or three people gathered together, but if there's no agreement, there's just no power. I see a church where we can get past some of our personal preferences. Oh, the the music's too loud. Yeah, but look at these guys jumping up down the front. This is the most excited they've been all week. And freedom and the and and and, and joy. I'm like, man, just just take a couple of rows back and celebrate that God's doing something in their lives. I've got, I've got different styles of worship that I like lifting to, but I do that in my own time. I love a bit of how great thou art by Sir Howard Morrison. 
Any other fans out there? Hey, 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 there's quite a few, right? Can we do that at the end? Right, hold on. But <laughs> I see a church that love the, loves the Word of God, that it would be written deep in their hearts, a church that values thankfulness for the grace of God in our lives. Colossians 3, 16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you, dwell in you richly, teaching you and in one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Can I see us as a church doing that? Getting a hunger for the Word of God. I love it that I've had conversations. People love the Word of God. It's like, hey, if you... If you tell me the series that you're, or the topic that you're thinking of preaching, I'd love to do some research into it for you and, and go to just, just find out some information around it. I'm like, yes. I do my own study, but there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Amen. But we love the Word of God. Um, I see a church that would step out in faith even if the odds are against them, even if not, not in favor, but to keep believing that the Lord will lead and guide us through every situation. You know, in Numbers chapter 13, the spies went into the promised land. I love the heart and the response of Caleb, even though that the 10 other spies around him didn't agree, but he says this, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Come on, I see a church that is not gonna let hurdles hold us back. It's not gonna let situations or circumstances hold us back. We're gonna go, no, this is where we're going. We're gonna keep pressing in. We're gonna keep believing. We're gonna hold on to everything that God has for us. He's promised it to us, so we're gonna fight for it in Jesus' name. I see a church that would not judge, but make room for those that are trying to find out how to do life and that we, we would be willing to walk with them through their mistakes, but to help them lead them to Jesus. See, I love the fact that in John chapter 8, verses 7 through 11, there's this accusation, and not an accusation because they were caught in adultery. But it says they... They kept demanding, because they'd asked Jesus the question, what should we do? And he, verse 7 says, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. See, there's so many broken people, so many hurting people in the world. And sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And just because we know what we know <laughs> doesn't mean that we can then put our uh, our judgment on people. And I don't see that as a church, but I want to make sure we don't, we don't go down that road. There's, there's, the one thing I hate is the church fighting with itself. <laughs> Christians fighting with themselves about whether it's black or white. I'm like, yeah, there's a standard, but I love what Shane Willard says. I'd rather be right in my actions than right in my words. Our actions are to love one another not to win an argument. Anyway, amen, right. I see a church that loves to go after the lost. Amen. Luke 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those that were lost. I see a church that would 
not judge people. Oh, I missed a point, so that's cool. I see a church that is generous in their finances. You know, a church like in 2 Corinthians, where they were eager, they almost begged to be able to give. And they, and they, they were like, come on, what else can we give in to? I see a church that is a generous church, not with our, just with our time and not with, just with our talent, but with our treasure. You know, when we take up our miracle offering once a year and we take up offerings for, for guest ministry, I'm believing that those offerings are just gonna cover their entire uh, stay with us. I see a church that's generous in their finances and with the rest of the worship team could jump up in both locations, that'd be great. Sheesh, is that time? Sorry. I thought this was going to be short. <laughs> so when it comes to the vision that God pours into you, I pray we're full and overflowing. Full and overflowing. I think as we finish this morning and what I see is really, I see a zeal for God's house. I've heard that this room, that people had to stand with their walls to the back and walls to the sides and even two or three deep just to get to church. I'm like, right now it's good, it's comfy. We've got a few seats for our bags and stretch out. We don't know if the person put deodorant or perfume on this morning. But what would it be like if we were so packed in People so zeal, zealous and so hungry to worship Jesus, to maybe get a gold nugget from the message or something that would just encourage and inspire them. You know, right now out in Mosgiel, they're in a they're in an auditorium of of like 250 people, and there's 70, 75 plus out there. Come on, what, what would it be like if we could fill this room and fill that room with people that are coming to know Jesus? Why? Because there's people who are zealous for His house. Psalm 69 verse 9 says, Passion for your house has consumed me. Come on, I see people hungry for the local church. I love the ministries that are going on and around the world. They're all needed. But first and foremost, I love the church. Why? Because you're here. And I need you. And you need me as well. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand? Apologize for going slightly over, but I reckon it was worth it. First thing I want to pray for right now is I want to pray for Moses. And you are Moses, right? Just go with me on this. At the start of Moses' life, he was, he was uh, well, he was taken to Egypt, given back to his mum, mum gave him back. And then he left because he killed someone, ran into the wilderness. In the wilderness, the Lord speaks to Moses and says, through a burning bush. It's pretty famous, most people know. If you don't, Exodus chapter three. But he just says, to Moses, hey, I've chosen you. I want you to go and free my people from Pharaoh. And he just says, who, me? And God says, yes, you. That's the original place where who stole the cookie from the cookie jar was first written. But I want to pray for the who, me. And I want to tell you, yes, you. I want to tell you, every single one of you are part of the life of the church. Or even if you're visiting this morning, you're welcome to Vision Sunday. But you're part of the life of the church. Who me? Yes, you. Yes, you. 
Because in, in Ephesians, it says that God's purpose in all His ways is to use His church to display the rich variety of wisdom to the world. Paraphrase a little bit. Yeah, you. Well, I haven't got much to offer. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And we've all been gifted according to the Spirit. We've all been graced. And so, Father, I pray right now, why don't you close your eyes right in both locations. Father, I thank you right now for every single person here. I pray, Lord, as I stand before you, they would know who they are in you, Jesus, how, how important they are in the body of Christ and just how amazing they are, Lord. And I pray that this year would be a year full of hope, a year full of uh, uh, amazing, expansive vision. Lord, that there'll be a zeal for your house, a zeal to see people saved. A zeal to pray for one another as we're going through things. A zeal to, to believe for breakthrough and healings for, for one another. A zeal, Lord, just to say, you know what? We walk boldly into the presence of God, believing for breakthrough. Father, I thank you right now that every single person is anointed and needed. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.